Welcome back to the emergency goalies. We had uh, three games this week, and well, for another week in a row, uh, they did not go well. The uh, first game actually did go pretty well at first against the Dallas Stars. The Blackhawks built up a pretty sizable lead, but uh, I think it was what, 5 1 at one point? 3 to 1. 3 to 1. Three to one, or no, four to one. I'm sorry, four to one with, uh, I want to say it was probably 10 minutes left in the game. And yeah, just the floodgates open from there. (laughs) The final was what, six to five, six to four? Six to four, yeah. The uh, Stars scored five consecutive goals. And yeah, I mean, they look good to start, but, Mm -hmm. you know, lasting that whole game. Um, Then their next game, um, wasn't like horrible, but not anything to write home about. But it was better than the game that came after it. Let's put it that way. But the weekend did not go well. Yeah, you know, I did not get a chance to watch the Winnipeg game. Uh, I don't get NHL Network. Um, so I decided to skip that game and. Boy, it sure sounds like uh, I didn't miss much in that one. Um, sounded yeah. like a lot of defensive zone turnovers and very little puck possession in the offensive zone and just complete dominance by the Jets. Yeah, uh, yeah. full disclosure, I also did not watch this game because for some reason I subjected myself to watching the horrible Rams. <laughs> <laughs> they did one last year, but it's not been good this year. But yeah. But yeah, it was pretty ugly, and they weren't very good in the game before that either. It just it was yeah, you know. I mean, they at least had flashes in the Montreal game, and you know, obviously came away with a point um, out of it. Uh, but it was, I, I do have to say, I was I was happy for Kirby Doc to get a little revenge. I'll do that. Um, I mean, I guess we can we can get into that a little bit. Um, I think Kirby Doc got a lot of unfair criticism. Was he was he great? Of course not. Could he have been better? Yeah. But the kind of hate that he was getting was just, I think, over the top. And he's been much better uh, in Montreal. So I'm glad for that. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's playing with a lot more confidence. Um, I, I think not having the weight of being the next guy and maybe replacing Jonathan Taves has probably been lifted a little bit. Um, I think him moving uh, to the wing has helped him as well. Although he did start off the year playing center for Montreal and was playing pretty well there, um, you know, despite his continued face-off issues, but he's, he's, Stepped it up a, a notch even more since since he was moved to their first line as a as a right winger, and I think that might be his best fit in the NHL. Despite the fact that he does play a good two hundred foot game and uh, has the makings of a good of a good two way center, um, you know maybe eventually they do move him back to second line center. But uh, I, I think he he's found a nice home for now, and it's it's helping him build up confidence and. Yeah, you know, uh, is he 
third, you know, your typical third overall pick worthy where you hope you get a franchise player? Probably not. But is he going to be a solid NHL contributor, top six guy for a long time? Probably. You know, it's amazing just like how sideways things went for him with the Blackhawks. I think I checked his stats. He's almost your career high in points. And it's not December yet. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good situation for him. Um, you know, when he first came up with the Hawks, the, the Hawks also had kind of a young core group of guys like Debrinkit and Hagel and Strom and a few guys that were, you know, late teens, early 20s. Um, but as some of those pieces started getting traded away, um, Doc kind of became the the last guy, him and Debrinkit were the last two around. And once the decision was made to trade to bring it, I think it quickly turned to, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to hold on to doc as well, because the Blackhawks were, are, they're going to be absolutely completely horrid um, next year. And the strain that was being put on doc as um you know, the expectations from the fan base were only going to intensify in a season where he would be literally the only good young player on the team. (laughs) Um, So I think it was, I think it was in everybody's best interest to move along, even though I think, you know, he's still young enough where he could, he could make an impact. You know, he could still be around, you know, by the time the Blackhawks came out of it. But I I think that would have been a, a really tough burden to place on him. And so just to, to, to help build up the farm system a little bit, you know, uh, get to get Nazer out of it. And, um, uh, you know, he gets to play college hockey, even though he's hurt right now, but he kind of gets to develop outside of the <laughs> crushing weight of awfulness. That's going to be the Blackhawks organization for the next year or two, I think is in everybody's best interest. And so, yeah, it just, it, it was a good reset all around. Um, and I'm just, I'm happy he's that Kirby's doing good in, in Montreal. And it was a fun moment when he got to score the, the, the shootout winner. Yes. So when some of the people were booing him, I guess. Yeah. Just frustrated that it never worked out for the Blackhawks, but it was good to see him do that. Yeah. All right. And for other stuff to talk about, I mean, it's one of those things right now before the trade deadline and everything, there's not much to talk about because, well, the Blackhawks are going to be bad. Yeah. You know, and as bad as they're playing right now, uh, folks have just, they, they've got to realize that there's a, there's another level level of bad that they are going to become uh, post-trade deadline. Once Taves and Kane are gone, and if they do move Anthony Siu and Domi as well, you know, and plus any other pieces that they decide to move, uh, you know, if you, if they end up adding Connor Murphy to that or something like that, that this team is going to completely fall apart. Um, there's just going to be no um, nobody to carry the puck and create offense, and it's going to be very difficult to watch. And that is going to extend into next year, whether they get 
you know, the only thing that could maybe change it is if they do draft Connor Bedard, he would be Probably in the not. NHL next season. And if they get Bedard, they will try to at least give him somebody to play with on his line, even if the less the rest of the lineup is subpar, yeah. they will try to give him a little bit of skill. And they should be able to attract, you know, at least one decent player to play alongside him. But if they don't end up with the first pick and they have to draft Fantilli or uh, Mitchkoff, you know, none of those guys are, are likely to play in the NHL next season. And so the Blackhawks, you know, it's they're in a situation where they have one prospect that is probably ready to play in the NHL next season in Lucas Reichel, and that's it. Um, you know, we might work in a one or two of the defensemen as well, but there's just no offensive talent that's going to be coming through the pipeline until two years from now. So it's going to be brutal. This is a total, total rebuild. Yeah. We're, we're, this is a total teardown and the teardown is still happening. You know, I mean, we talk about the trades for Hagel and Debrinket and Doc. We're not done yet. I, they still haven't gotten rid of Taze. They still haven't gotten rid of Kane. They still have, they still have the defensemen. They're still stripping away parts. And, it, and then there's going to be that uh, a lull through next year where they're not going to be able to add anybody. And next year is going to be awful, awful, awful. Like even harder to talk about. Yeah. Just it's, it's going to be not fun to watch. Um, I, it's honestly going to be a level of bad that the Blackhawks have never been in their franchise history. You know, we talk about the dark ages. We talk about how bad they are this year they never finished worst record in the NHL, not even close. You know, I mean, we, we, we've gotten some high picks with Taves and Kane and doc, you know, but they won the lottery to get Kane. They won the lottery to get doc. Um, The only year where they finished in the top three bad was the year where they drafted um, uh, Taves and then Cam Barker. Um, Taves, they actually um, were the second worst team in the league, but they fell down to the third pick. Or no, I'm sorry, not not the, the Cam Barker year, I'm sorry. Where they were the second worst team, and they fell down to the third pick um, when uh, Pittsburgh won the lottery that year and were able to draft Malkin. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, this is a, a very – high likelihood that the Blackhawks are the worst team in the NHL next season and by a wide margin, um, if I'm being completely honest. You know, I mean, you, you look at it, the, the teams that are on the bottom this year, alongside them, like uh, Columbus, uh, they're there because of injuries. Um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of uh, solid pieces and they've got some good young players as well. Um, but they just, they've suffered through some horrendous injuries and they're playing in a tough conference and they're not this bad. Uh, Anaheim is probably the, the one team that, that might be in the running along with the Blackhawks next year, but 
they have a leg up in that they do have some young players that they are all are already incorporating in. Um, whereas the Blackhawks, like I said, it, it it's nothing. It's Reichel and nothing. And they might even look at it and say, well, we're not even going to subject Reichel to it next year. They might just keep him in the minors again. So, yeah, it's it's going to be brutal. Well, you know, we might be in a situation like um, the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where we're going, how about them bears? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's going to be little constructive things to talk about next year just because the players that are going to be on the roster next year are not going to be there a couple of years from now. I mean, it's going to be like Radish is probably going to be your first line right wing. And Kurashev's probably going to be your first line left wing. That, that's how bad it's going to be. So, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a brutal season. Yep. Well, I, on that happy note, I guess we could talk about the week ahead. Yeah. Blackhawks. Yes. Uh, so we got uh, the Edmonton Oilers coming to town um, tomorrow night. Obviously, that's going to be the Connor McDavid show. Um, hopefully, a lot of fans will come out to to watch that one. Uh, Edmonton hasn't really changed their stripes this year. They are still a run and gun, open uh, style of hockey with very little defense, <laughs> and uh, it's entertaining to watch. Yes, uh, the Blackhawks this year at least have some guys that can can skate a little better. So I'm hoping they keep up with Edmonton um, more than they have. So in the, in the past few years, but I, I should, I would expect it'll be another entertaining game. And then we move into December and <clears throat> you've got road games against the Rangers and the Islanders and then the devils. And that is a brutal three game road trip. <laughs> Um, all three of those teams are good. Uh, the Blackhawks do not match up well with any of them. As we talked about, the Eastern Conference is yeah. much better than the West. Yeah, those are three deep teams that play pretty sound structural hockey, and the Blackhawks are going to have a very, very difficult time on the road against all three of those teams. Um. If you are looking for, you know, potential fits for a Patrick Kane trade, I think the Rangers and the Islanders are both teams that will um, be of interest to Kane. Uh, obviously, with the Rangers, he'd get to reunite with uh, Panarin. And then the Islanders, um, I've always felt that the Islanders are the best fit for Kane. Uh, he's spoken very highly of Matthew Barzal over the years. It's still a large market. You know, I, I just, I think that that is a really good fit for him. Yep. And they could use the one. And they could use it. Yeah. Um, I will say that Boston has also emerged to me as an intriguing um, destination for Kane. Uh, they are another team that could use one more good winger to fill out their top six. They're already probably the best team in the league right now. You're going to go for it. And yeah, you would think if you're going to go for it, Patrick Kane is the type of piece that you'd want to add for that. 
you know, especially with the way that their roster is constructed, they've got a lot of veterans that are on one-year contracts, you know, like Bergeron keeps re-signing there for like two and a half million dollars because he's chasing another cup. And I think Kane would fit in really nicely with that group. So, yeah, I, I, to me, Boston and the Islanders are the two teams that should be at the top of Kane's list. But, uh, you know, obviously the allure of New York and the Rangers and Panarin will um, be of interest to him as well. So I, I, that, that might be the top three teams that I would put at, uh, on the list for Kane that I'm, um, that I'm expecting. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, I guess. We're going to keep coming back every week. Even next year when things are grim, we'll still be here, hopefully, giving you guys updates. And yeah. So, uh, Michael, of course, on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. I am STH85. You can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. And yep, we'll be back again next week with maybe a win or two. It'd be nice, but I'm not counting on it. Yeah, neither am I. Anyway, thank you as always for listening.